This is Nurse User News for the week of January 7th, 2019, and I'm your host, Rebecca Hartman Baker. Today's guest is Sudeep Dosanjh. Sudeep is the director of NERSC. His father came to the U.S., where he didn't know anyone, on a one-way ticket when Sudeep was one-year-old with only $5 in his pocket. One of Sudeep's first memories of his dad was when five-year-old Sudeep arrived in the U.S. and came face-to-face with an escalator. Sudeep, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate your having me. Thanks. Today's topic is the year in review and looking forward. So, Happy New Year! Well, Happy New Year to you as well. I hope you had a great break. I did. I did. I hope all the users have too. So we've had a really great 2018, haven't we? Yeah, it was a very exciting year for us. We kept Corey up and running and Edison up and running. You know, users may not realize how much it takes to actually make these systems available as often as we do. You know, these are state-of-the-art supercomputers. And so, unfortunately, they do go down. They do need maintenance. But I think it was uh, amazing how hard our staff worked and kept the the systems up and running. And, you know, really, we take a lot of pride in what the users do. The users accomplish a lot of great science, and that's ultimately our mission, and that's what gets us us really excited. So we saw lots of papers coming out of NERSC, you know, lots of very important scientific results. Yeah, and we've got more and more of our users onto the K&L notes. Yeah, so, so overall, NESAP has been... A huge success. You know, it's been a collaboration with our users. We started several years before we knew we were going to uh, we were going to deploy Corey. You know, we selected a number of codes to work with, and we worked with those teams. and And the the, the project was, from my perspective, was a huge success. And that the average code saw somewhere between a three and a half to five x speed up running on Corey, and it also actually helped them run better on Edison as well. So that was a that was a big boon to scientific productivity of our users. One of the internal metrics that we follow is, you know, we had the initial set of codes, the, the, the 40 or codes running almost immediately on the KNL partition in Corey, but we've been tracking how many of our users are now using the KNL partition. And now uh, more than half of our users use more than half their time on the KNL partition. So to me, that's a big, that's a big success. And we're seeing you know, the kind of the, the broad impact of what we're doing. And so part of that was the great work that, you know, Rebecca, your your team has done in terms of, you know, documentation and training. I saw a uh, list of all the training events that we've done, both with Intel and Cray and by ourselves. And really there have been a huge number of different different events that have been held. And I know that there are more planned that are really targeted at the codes that are not uh, currently running on the KNL partition, so we have a lot more planned. But uh, I think that the, that's been a uh, that's been a huge success. The other thing that I think has been a huge success is that we really, after we had planned for Corey, more and more of our workload has been focused on data intensive computing, and we made a number of changes. We launched quite a few efforts in making Corey productive for data analysis in addition to kind of our traditional simulation workload. And some of those things were, uh, you know, the burst buffer, which has been very popular. It's greatly increased IO speeds. You know, getting data in and out of these supercomputers has always been a challenge. And I think that the burst buffer has been a big success there. We also worked on Shifter, 
which let users bring their images and run their workflows more easily onto Cori. And we were very happy to see that Cray has actually productized that and is now supporting it. We launched a NESAP for Data project to work with more applications in the data space, and that's been that's been a, a, a big success. And then we've also recognized that there's a lot of analytics software that people use that really wasn't running at scale. And so we work very closely with Cray and with Intel to develop scalable versions of popular tools. And so we've been running, um, you know, really a wide range of software at scale, including things having to do with machine learning, deep learning. Actually, we were very excited that a NERSC NVIDIA Oak Ridge team won one of the Gordon Bell Awards that was, was given out. But that was actually started as part of the NESAP effort to develop scalable versions of some of this software itself. So overall, 2018 was a very exciting year. Yeah. Well, and we also signed the agreement for NERSC 9. Yeah. So towards the end of the year, we made an announcement about uh, NERSC 9, which will be uh, deployed in 2020. We're very excited about the system. The system will be named Perlmutter. And we thought that was appropriate. Saul Perlmutter is a UC Berkeley LBL physicist that's won the Nobel Prize for Physics in 2011. And he really pioneered using NERSC supercomputers for data-intensive computing. And with NERSC 8, which was Cori, you know, we, as I explained, we made a number of additions to make it good for data-intensive computing. And with NERSC 9, we really, from the very beginning, we had data in mind. We wanted a system that would be good for both simulation and data. And so the system was actually designed with that in mind. So I th- thought that the name Perlmutter was very, very uh, appropriate for the system. Mm-hmm. So a few things that we've done. One is that we're launching the next version of NESAP aimed at Nurse 9. So just briefly, uh, Perlmutter will have two partitions. It'll have a CPU partition and a GPU partition. The CPU partition will be as powerful as Cori. In addition, the CPU partition will look a lot like the Knight's Landing part of Cori, and it's a many-core architecture. So the hard work that we've done and our users have done will actually really pay off, even on the CPU part. And that hard work will also help prepare the users for the for getting ready for the GPUs. And so we recognize that that will be a big, big challenge you know, because we do have a very broad community. You know, we have 7,000 users, 600 codes. Uh, so we recognize that that's a, you know, a big challenge for our community, and it's going to be really important for us to work with everyone to get their codes up and running. So NESAP will launch this year. We've deployed a GPU cabinet on Cori, which will be available to users in the next month or so, and that's really targeting helping our, our users get their codes up and running. And there are lots of things that we're really excited about the system. One, one thing is that it has a, a new file system that's all Flash. So with Cori, we had the burst buffer, which was Flash. But with Perlmutter, the entire file system will be Flash. So I.O. will be much faster, and it won't be two-tiered. So, so we won't have to uh, move data from the scratch file system to the burst buffer. The, the whole file system will be very, uh, very fast. Another exciting thing about it is that, you know, we develop scalable versions of all this analytics software. 
And Cray is actually going to support that on Perlmutter. So initially, we were the ones who were supporting it, but now we're going to transition a lot of that into production usage. So, so we're very excited about that. To get ready for that, we've actually started a big power and cooling upgrade in the building. And so there are construction signs everywhere. And so next year will be a very busy year in preparing both our users and our building for the arrival of Perlmutter. Yeah. Well, so Perlmutter is going to arrive at the end of 2020. Right? Yeah. So it'll be uh, arriving at the end of 2020. And, you know, we'll do the same thing is that we'll have some set of users uh, that we're working with getting their codes ready. Uh, and actually, there's been a lot of work already in the community getting ready for GPUs. And so we estimate that actually something like 30%, 35% of our workload will be ready for Perlmutter relatively quickly. And then we'll also have metrics like we had on Quarry, where we're going to, even after the delivery of the system, we're going to keep working with users to get their codes transitioned. And really, ultimately, the success of Perlmutter will be this broad adoption, which you know we're now seeing on Corey KNL, but that won't end on day one in 2020 when the system is delivered. You know we'll continue to work with our users over the next several years to to help them continue transitioning to the new technologies. Okay, and so then we're already thinking about Nurse Ten, right? Yeah, actually, it's really exciting. You know, these projects are very long. Uh, we start thinking about the system years in advance, and Nurse 10 would be delivered in 2024. We anticipate that it'll have exascale technology, so it won't be the first exascale technology system out there, but it will be the first one for very broad usage. And so it'll be a chance for us to broaden the impact of some of the work that's being done in ECP. And we're really excited about that. and and. We're, our hope is to provide a continual path for our users from Corey to Perlmutter to Nurse 10 in 2024. And so that the work that they're doing with each successive system builds on what they've done in the past. And this really is necessary as you look at kind of the end of Moore's Law. Uh, it's becoming harder and harder to get more performance out of supercomputers without really going to these uh, either accelerators or some kind of many-core or highly parallel path. And so really, if you, you know, if you want more computing for your science, unfortunately, this is, you, you have to put in the work to be able to take advantage of these new systems. Yeah, that's true. Well, great. So, Sudeep, switching gears a little bit. How did you go from being the son of an immigrant with $5 in his pocket to being the director of NERSC? It seems like a pretty big transition. So I actually went to school at UC Berkeley, and I got all my degrees from, from Berkeley. And uh, so it's kind of ironic that I'm back here. But when I finished my PhD, I ended up going to Sandia National Laboratories in Albuquerque. And I was there for 25 years. And I worked in all kinds of different fields, but the core commonality between everything I did had something to do with computing or massively parallel computing or somehow supercomputing. And so coming back to NERSC as the director was kind of a natural progression of my career. And it was happy. I was happy to, uh, in a way for me, it was kind of a, uh, a return home. Although Berkeley's changed a lot in the intervening 25 years, a lot of the 
the restaurants I used to go to and the coffee shops I used to go to are closed. But it still feels like home being back. So you've been here for six years now? Yeah, it's time that flies. And so I became director in October of 2012. And so it's actually been a very exciting six years. When I first came here, we were just deploying Edison. And Corey was really the first system where it was all done while I was director from establishing the mission need, going through all the reviews and the planning and deploying the system. And so now Perlmutter is kind of the second system, big system that we'll be doing entirely while I've been director. And so so it's been uh, it's been really uh, an amazing place to work and I've been very excited about being here. Well, I agree. It's an amazing place to work, and we do have a lot of open positions. If you go to jobs.lbl.gov, and you look there, there are a lot of open positions, especially postdoc opportunities for NESAP. So, so yeah. yeah, I would encourage people to apply. We're always looking for, for great people, and we've really uh, hired quite a few people. You know, we recognized six years ago that we needed to make this transition to energy-efficient architectures. And frankly, we needed to hire staff that could work with the, the users and the applications to get their codes ready. And so, so that was a big area for hiring. Another big area for hiring has really been in data. We formed a, a department focused on data that is under Katie Antipas. Uh, we establish the DAS group, this data and analytics services under Prabhat. And so it's something that we've really grown quite a bit. And the other areas we've really grown are in the, the systems area and the user engagement area that Rebecca heads, because these systems are becoming more and more complex to run, and we need actually uh, more and more people to work with our users as well, because transitioning to the next system is not as easy as it once was. True. All right, so to finish up, three things that you want nurse users to know. One is that we really have a great set of people. Ultimately, the center is about the people that we have. And actually, I've been amazed at the quality of people we've been able to attract and, and frankly, retain. We compete with places like Google and Facebook, and they have things like uh, free food that we can't compete with. But what draws people to NERSC, I think, really is the passion for the science that's done. It's really about our, our mission and the excitement around our mission. So a lot of our, the people, even if they're in computing, uh, now they have some background in science. And that's really what motivates us, is, is when we hear about a user winning a great prize for some scientific advancement, there's kind of a certain buzz around the center. And I think that that's really, that's really to me, very exciting. The second thing is that of all the supercomputer centers in the world, we have the most users. That's a big challenge for us because even though we've been able to hire, we haven't been able to hire as fast as our user base has grown. And so we're trying to automate things more and more. You know, I've asked Rebecca to make sure that we're communicating well with all of our users. And so I've been very excited, not only about these podcasts that Rebecca started, but her weekly newsletter that you all should be getting on Monday morning. And so I always open up her newsletter on Monday and read about what's going on, and I hope you do too. Uh, but that's a mechanism, hopefully, to avoid surprises and to, you know, you can imagine how many tickets that 7,000 users can generate, and Rebecca's group is responsible for responding to all of those. 
And, and so uh, I do feel like if we're communicating better with all of you, that hopefully that will help and that that will ultimately result in, in, in fewer tickets. And we're doing more, more training. We have lots of documentation on the web. I've heard anecdotally from other supercomputing centers that they actually often refer users to our documentation. Uh, and really, it's a self-preservation. We have so many users that we want to make it easy for you to find information. And so, so you, should, you, know, you should make sure you're familiar with all of our web pages. And, and the finally, the third thing I would say is that you, know, you all recently sent a user survey. We do take that very, very seriously. You know, the results of that are our grade with the Department of Energy. And so it does have a big impact for us. It's part of our operational assessment. And so we do end up sharing what that, whatever you say very broadly, and it does impact us in the future. But, you know, we also, you know, because we have this, this passion for enabling science, we take it very seriously. We look at what you're suggesting, we look at the results, and we've made many, many changes based on suggestions that you all have had. This year, Rebecca has taken my uh, suggestion and made it very short. So it should be very, very easy for you to, to fill out. And uh, again, you know, we look at all the comments. And so if you have, add comments, sometimes that's the most valuable thing that we see in the user survey. So, so I wanted to thank you, Rebecca, for inviting me. Oh, yeah. Well, and thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank you very much for joining me today, Steve. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks.